And Jesus says that everyone will be salted with fire. Good morning, Christian America. In today's passage that we're going to talk about in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus once again brings up salt. Now, he mentions it a few other times in a few other Gospels, and we're going to talk briefly on those. But what does Jesus mean? What is the significance of salt in our lives? So much so that he says that we should be it and that we will be salted with fire. Let's talk about that this morning. Get out your Bibles. Put on your thinking caps. Let's get into Scripture. Good morning, Christian America. Okay, friends, good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across this nation. If you are like me, you can probably feel the increasing intensity of faith in our country. It feels like the faithful have been silenced for too long. It feels like there's a growing pushback. There's a strengthening and a hardening of the faith, not in a bad way, not in a, in a, in a mean way, in an um, objective way, but in a firm truth sense that the people of God are starting to realize that they've been pushed too far for too long. And if they don't act now, it's going to be too late. And so if you see what we see, we see a, a growing movement, again, in, in all denominations, but a, but a Christ-filled movement in a bunch of different areas on social media, online, you know, on television. And then in, in the homes of people now, they are able to watch their church. They're able to get content that is faith-filled, educated or uh, educational, inspirational. And informational, that's what we try to do here. We try to, to bring you all three of those. There's a growing movement in this nation. I believe there's a growing movement across this world in, the, in, in some of the countries in Africa and, and the, uh, that, that are, where the Christians are being persecuted for their faith. They're still standing strong and they're still maintaining their faith. In China, where Christians are being persecuted and, and, and hunted down, there's still a thriving church from from everything that we hear, either on social media or uh, through traditional media, people that report on this, reporters that are able to sneak out of the country and, and relay that the people of Christ are standing strong in their faith. And so, friends, at this crucial junction in our lives, let us not turn away from the struggle. Let us turn towards the struggle because Christ tells us specifically that we are to pick up our cross and follow him that cross is heavy from time to time that cross needs to be moved it needs to be moved in a particular direction and that direction is uphill that direction is towards the crucifixion that direction friends is towards christ himself with eternal life with him, spending eternity in bliss with him. And that should be our goal, not just for ourselves, but for our spouses, for our families, for our children, 
for our parents, for our siblings, for our neighbors, for our state, and for our country, and for the entire world. How do we do that? Well, Jesus gives us a little more of an example and a little bit more teaching here today. If you follow this podcast, this Monday podcast, you know that we're making our way through the Gospel of Mark. Jesus has been teaching his disciples uh, lesson by lesson on humility, on uh, being righteous, turning away from sin. We covered in, in detail last week about causing those who cause people to sin and what awaits them. And he, he, he minces no words. He gets right into the point. And he talks about the unquenchable fire that wait that await for those people who cause other people to sin. And if you missed that, I encourage you to go back and 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 look at last uh, and listen to last Monday's podcast. This is the conclusion of the ninth chapter of Mark's gospel that we're going to cover today, and it's real brief. It's two verses, but in two verses, Jesus speaks volumes. In these two verses, Jesus gives us an idea of who we should be, what we should be doing, and how we should be living. So let's get right into it. I'm going to pull this on the screen so you guys can see it. And I'm going to read it to you verbatim. So there again, there's no misunderstanding about what is actually being said here. In chapter 9, verse 49 of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is continuing to give lessons to his disciples and he says everyone will be salted with fire salt is good but if salt becomes insipid with what will you restore its flavor keep salt in yourselves and you will have peace with one another Now let's contemplate on those two important verses. First and foremost, once again, Jesus is talking about being salt. And, and if you turn back to Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13, and Matthew's gospel, it's a different teaching. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says that you are. He calls his followers, which are us, hopefully. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if, a salt, if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned, right? Kind of in the same context of Mark. If salt is no longer salty, how do you get its flavor back? You don't. When you lose it, it's lost. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus continues, he says that, it is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a city set on a mountain. So he goes and talks about salt and light during that, during that verse in Matthew. But again, if you're not salty, if you don't have, if you're not being that salt of the, uh, of the earth, you should be thrown out and not just thrown out. But Jesus says, and trampled underfoot, right? Thrown out and essentially stomped on. Not my words. Don't get mad at me. This is Jesus. In this passage I just read to you, in Mark, he says, everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. 
So he's saying you should be salty. You should have salt within you. What does that mean? Why, why, would, why does he continuously use this phrase or this, this idea of salt? Well, what, are, what is salt? Well, first and foremost, salt is, it is used for purifying. Anyone who's ever had a cut on their arm or their hand or their leg and then gone to the beach, usually by the time you spend some time in the water in that salt water, by the time you come out, your, your wounds are clean. Right? You, that, that salt purifies the damage done to you physically. Again, Jesus is using this idea of salt as purification for you. That you should be pure so that when you enter the world, when you interact with the world, you should be a problem solver. You should be a solution. You should be a healer into whatever strife is around you. You should be purifying the situation, not making it dirtier. And so what else is salt used for? Salt is used for preservation. You salt foods and they last longer. They stay good as opposed to rotting. So again, when you come into the world, when you interact with the world, you should preserve the goodness in it. You should bring purification. You should bring goodness. You should bring preservation of what is good, not just of anything, but preservation of what is good. And again, Jesus says, what is good? There is only one who is good, right? The one who sent him, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. So as salt, we should be preserving the good of this world. What else is salt? Well, salt is a seasoning. Many of us use it on our food. It spices up. It takes something that's okay, maybe something that's not good at all. But you throw some salt on it, all of a sudden it, it gains flavor. It spices it up. It becomes more attractive. It makes the plate, it makes the food, it makes it better. That's how we should be interacting also in this world. We should be taking this stale world and making it better. We should be taking this boring life with no purpose and no meaning. And you should be spicing it up. With what? With God. With the teachings of Christ. That's how you move from depression to glorification from being in despair to being full of joy. It's through the saltiness of your life, bringing spice to it, bringing flavor to it. So much so that it, that it improves everything around it. And lastly, what, what are the consequences of being salt? What, if, what are the consequences of, of, of having salt or drinking salt? being out in the in the water like we talked earlier it makes you thirsty salt makes you thirsty thirsty for what and jesus is, is trying to elude here salt makes you thirsty for water in his case the living water christ calls himself the living water when you are salt when you're being salty when you're 
getting out to the world and purifying and preserving, seasoning all that's around you, living that Christocentric life. You thirst for more of it. When you give it to other people, they too thirst more of it. You become thirsty and they want water. But Jesus is the living water. In John's gospel, in chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus says, But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. All of these ideas are surrounding what it means to be salt, what it means to provide spice into this world, goodness into this world. And let it not be forgotten when he mentions salt that sacrifices in the Old Testament were supposed to be salted. And they couldn't just have a little bit of salt. They had to be heavily salted because that's what God demanded. And so if you turn all the way back to the second chapter of Leviticus, in verse 13, Scripture says that you shall season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not let the salt of the covenant with your God be lacking from your grain offering. On every offering, you shall offer salt. These references, friends. Jesus is referring back all the way back to the, the book of Leviticus. All the way back into the teachings on how to worship and how to sacrifice. He will become the ultimate sacrifice. And he's telling us to be salt. If you listen to, to the verse in Leviticus, God wants his sacrifices salty. In this context, it's a, it's a, it may, you might find it difficult to comprehend all of that. And maybe I'm doing a, a, a bad job of explaining. And if that's the case, then, I'm, then I apologize. Right? But just these two small verses at the end of the ninth chapter of Mark. Everyone will be salted with fire. For salt is good. But if salt becomes insipid, with what will you restore its flavor? Keep salt in yourselves and you'll have peace with one another. If you're living this life, friends, if you're living this life in Christ, if you're being this salt of the earth that Jesus calls us to be, and so that you're purifying yourselves and making those around you better, more pure, instead of damaged and infected, if you're preserving the traditions that have gotten us these 2,000 years of family, friendship, and faith. Instead of destroying it because of political or ideological reasons. If you're seasoning and spicing up your life and the life of those around you, you will have Jesus in you. Jesus says you will have peace with one another. 
And that if you take on this life where you're dedicating yourself to these things, that you would thirst for him even more. And that when you drink of the living water, you shall never thirst again. I hope you get value out of these two verses here in this passage. I hope you get value out of this video or this podcast if you're listening to it on the audio-only podcast. I hope that you're able to be informed and educated and possibly inspired to live a Christocentric life through these words. I pray that you become salty in your own world, that you spread the spice of life and the love of Christ to your family and your community, wherever it is that you are. I pray that you keep Christ at the front of your mind, no matter what you're doing. Don't simply bottle up your faith. Don't keep your love for God and his teachings and the saltiness of life confined to the walls of the church or confined into the walls of your own house. Spread it to the rest of the world. If you get value in this video, if you get value in this podcast, I ask that you share it on your own social media platform. I ask that you share it to your friends. And I, more than anything, I ask that you pick up scripture yourself and read it verbatim. Don't take my word for it, even though I'm showing it to you and I'm reading it to you verbatim. Read it for yourself. Get into scripture. Because as Jesus points out, once, once you taste him, you're going to thirst for him even more. And that's what we want. And so if you like what we do here, if you support what we're trying to do here, we ask for your participation, not for any donations. Share this, like this video, um, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Rumble channel. Um, follow us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or Parlor. Um, actually, I even think we're on Locals. So look for either the Christian American Community, the Christian American Revitalization Effort, or the Good Morning Christian America Podcast. And I'm sure you'll find us on essentially every single uh, social media platform, outlet, podcast platform uh, that's out there. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Friday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.